for listening to the Tech Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next hour we're going to be talking about all things tech. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, Lucy. I'm back, hello. I'm back, Lucy Ellis, Lucy Ellis and Lucy's the director at Breakthrough Funding and they specialise in tech and digital funding so she should know what she's talking about hopefully. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, we're joined in the studio by Mariam Mazrayi, which I'm hoping I've pronounced right. Yes, nailed it. <sighs> Absolutely. And I nailed it last week as well. I'm doing much well. better. Yeah, because no, normally my, my style is to make sure I pronounce everybody's names wrong. So I'm really pleased with that. And um, Matt Johns as well. Welcome, Matt. Thank you very much. Now, Mariam is from Autopsy, which we're going to have a good old chat about. Mm. And, and Matt Jones is from You Create. Jones. John's. See? Oh, see, I told you I'm great at getting yep. names wrong. Yep. Um, now, uh, if I can just start with you, Mariam. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a big thing about failed startups. So, so mm. there's loads and loads of government figures. You know, people go into business. Uh, three years in, there is literally two thirds have gone. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean to say that they've all gone bust, mm-hmm. but, but, but either people have walked away because it's, it's been too difficult. They haven't, you know, it hasn't quite gone how they wanted or whatever. But, but the, the stark fact is that of all the startups that start now, in three years' time, only a third of those are going to be sure. around. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that's actually quite frightening mm-hmm. to me. It is. Because, yeah. because what people don't understand is if you've already got a job, you've given that job up. Mm-hmm. And therefore, your, if you like, your opportunity cost of earning a normal salary sure. has, has gone. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're earning 30 grand a year. You know, over three years period, you would have earned 90 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're probably not doing that in your business. So you're sacrificing that in the first instance yeah and then often you're putting money into it as well or, yeah. or you're asking your family to exactly um so you really are taking quite a, a hit mm-hmm. aren't you if, yeah. if you're going into business yeah um does it worry you that some people are going into business and not really really planning and thinking about what they're doing or or is it just the nature mm. of business that we've got great people but it's it's just tough out there um i think really the reason why autopsy exists is to deal with those um kind of issues because really the reason why it got so viral in a sense was because it was unglamorizing the whole entrepreneurship and startup industry um and so actually showcasing actually how difficult and hard it really is and you should definitely check to see if you can do it yeah um so i think what we're trying to do is get rid of all these uh, stigmas in a sense around entrepreneurship and how you know how easy it is in a sense and all these articles that come out about entrepreneurship but also uh to show some hardship and some truth into how running one is very very difficult um so should you have uh, tremendous responsibilities for your family and for yourself maybe you should figure think think things through before you actually commit to these things um and yeah and obviously on on the on our website and the data uh, data source that we do have um, you know, you're looking at companies that lasted for two years or even six years uh, and, you know, deciding to call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a massive range of different companies. And and uh, when, when you have got your own business, you, mm. know, you can be very, very passionate about it. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you just have to make money. And, yeah. Uh, and, and even if we call it a lifestyle business, let's say, sure. it's still got to wash its face. You know, not, not in yeah. it to lose money. And, and it may be that you don't, you know, I don't know, maybe you're rich or something and you don't need the money, but, but you, you obviously don't want to make it a loss. Uh-huh. If, you're, if you're starting a business and you want it to go somewhere, mm. the object of that business, you know, you might have some social 
sort of um, aims that you have, but the object of that business is, is, to, is, to, make to, money. is yeah. to make money. Yeah. That's not really discussed though, is it? In terms of, from our perspective or in general? From, from entrepreneurs' perspective. Yeah. It's like, well, I've got this amazing thing and I want yeah. to help humanity and, and that's all great. Yeah. But it isn't really discussed that actually what you have to do at the end of the month mm -hmm. is work out at the end of the month if you're making money every month. Yeah, that's very interesting you say that because what it is in terms of, um, so we look at companies within the tech industry, um, this kind of idea of um, talking about failure became very, very, very popular in tech itself. So uh, there is this notion that I can keep going borrowing and keep going borrowing more rounds and rounds, but then actually my MRR is actually not hitting the target. So you become super dependent on investors and then you get super diluted in the end. So can you imagine spending four to six years on a company and then... End up owning 10%. Right, or less, yeah. right? Um, so absolutely is about making money. So what I guess what we're trying to do is um, bring that reality check into things, especially in the tech industry, that stop not stop being reliant on investors, but look at your capabilities and how can you bring some more monthly revenue in? Mm. How can you increase those annual targets? Um, and, and with yeah. all due respect, if you are four or five eight years in and you you're sure? constantly going for a round of investment, I would question whether your business model is working. Right. So would actually, you? yeah, I would. I hundred percent would. I I would. I hope people don't hate me after this. <laughs> um, it's normally they hate me, so don't worry about that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm talking about failure, so they probably would hate me. Yeah. But like, um, yes, absolutely, I agree with that. Um, I think what it is as, as well is that um, the pricing models and actually getting your uh, cost and your pricing correct in terms of uh, lots of issues that we keep seeing are for burn rate that comes up quite a lot it's probably over I would say 30% of we call it autopsies uh, on uh, with, with, that we have control over in our data and so on it has burn rate is one of the biggest what's burn rate mean so the fact that so it links very closely to budgeting and knowing how to budget. So if, for example, um, I have 100K uh, raised, uh, make sure that you don't go through the money super quickly without actually making sure that you, you get a profit at the end of it. And then you're stuck again having to raise more money again. Um, that's what tends to happen quite a lot. They overestimate how much something might cost and so spend maybe too much money on salaries. That, that is a case that happens a lot with... You know, I guess in the development space and in the technology space, you want to spend quite a lot of money on your developers to get the top developer. So then you spend a lot of money on salaries. And there's a bit of a skills shortage at the moment. So you, so they're more expensive than you may imagine right, right. at this point. In exactly. Time. And then you might even think about giving them equity and all these type of things. Then it starts to get a bit kind of not messy in a sense, but it can get quite confusing. So the burn rate relates very highly to uh, your cost and uh, your monthly revenue and budgeting as well as possible. And there's notion around, you know, founders, actually I did this in my past startup that failed, <laughs> um, relying on someone else to deal with the accounts, you know, because yeah. so, I'm not so a number So do you mind person. if we go through your failure? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I've, I've got loads of failures as well, so you can talk yeah, about cool. those as well. But, yeah. but, but actually you learn more from failure, I think, often than, than, than success. So, so yeah. you probably are, and we will talk a bit in a bit more detail about what autopsy is. Um, and I know mm. uh, I know that Matt um, can help us with this because because of the nature of his role as well. Mm. But, but, you know, um, you've 
you're probably a typical person who start a new business. Sure. You know, you're bright, you're educated, you know, oh, you've travelled, you. you know, all those <laughs> things. And then, you know, so How why do you know? Because <laughs> I've got oh, researchers. Got I know everything. Oh, I see the I know background every, I know everything about you. <laughs> um, Amazing. And, uh, you know, and therefore, uh, uh, yeah. you know, you've, you've, you've worked in industry a little bit. Yes. Typical profile of the people that we would see on this programme. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you, you know, in um, theory, would have sure. everything you know Nails. in order to start a business so, yeah. so just explain to us so you started a business sure. How, what did you think you were going to do and, and what did you think the path would be and why did you do it I mean yeah you, know, you, you were in marketing you all sorts so, so like, like just explain it because I think it probably is mm. very typical so I started my first company when I was about 17, 18, and oh, it God, was... overachiever. Go I know. That wasn't in, <laughs> Here the, we go, that wasn't in the research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really specify that. Yeah. So I had that for about four years, and what we were basically trying to achieve, what, or what my vision for it was to shake up the fashion industry and make it more sustainable, bring some more ethics into it. Actually, around the same time that we decided to set up this company, which was called Rella, it was an ethical menswear company. And so we... Um, uh, the Dhaka uh, building collapsed in, it's a factory that collapsed in Dhaka in Bangladesh <clears throat> in 2012. And then that was like a massive, you know, hoo-ha for the fashion industry. It brought loads of big brands on the table saying, you need to provide compensation for these workers that over like 2,000 people died. And so it was really just about, you know, showcasing that in the fashion industry is so huge. It brings millions and millions or even billions into economies every single year. But what is it actually that they're doing? Um, so I think I was like a bit of a young evangelist. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah. A, which we all are, yeah, obviously, when we're so. younger. Yeah, of course. And I was like, yeah, by the age of thirty, I'm gonna like change the fashion industry, <laughs> like a revolutionary in a sense. Um, and so it went. Re- I mean, I think whilst we were doing it, it was really good. You know, four years. We, um, I went to we. You know, as a team, there was about five of us. We decided to go to Bangladesh to check, you know, the factories out and see what it was like. And then I literally saw the reality. Like I saw the kids you know, amongst a factory full of like chemicals and like no yeah. windows open, like everything congested. And that was that was the moment I was like, we can't be part yeah. of this. And if anybody's listening <clears throat> to this and buying cheap clothes, if you don't think they're from that background, you uh, are hugely yeah. mistaken. So, yeah. you know, they're cheap to us, but they're not cheap uh, to no, other people and yeah. the damage it makes. I mean, I mean, put it into like practical sense. Our unit cost for <coughs> every like say T-shirt was up to four, five to six pounds. That's mm. a lot per unit for a t-shirt so what we had what we decided to do was uh go and lease our own studio factory in Dhaka Uh, we chose Bangladesh because my co-founder was uh, originally from there he understood the textile industry way more better than me and so he had connections within that field so we were comfortable to do it there and the cotton there is phenomenal like India they're very Mm. good uh anyway so we got the studio factory there Operations, everything happened there. QCs designed and you know sold in the UK and other parts of Europe. And I think there was a random order from San Francisco. That was cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's what we we're trying to do for four years. And eventually what happened was our costs were extremely high. Our profits yeah. were very low. Uh, not very low. I'm kind of being harsh to myself. But it was, it was lower than we expected. And so our vision in, in the team got divided. Okay, so tell yeah. me what you mean by profit. So, so you, you, everybody knows that they've got a cost base, mm. uh, and 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 most companies you've got overheads, which which have you know traditionally very hard to liquidate quickly. Sure. Because you know it's bills and it's salaries, yeah. and if you suddenly have to sort that out next month, you can't. You can't. You, you've got contracts and stuff. Um, and then you've got you know this more discretionary spend, <laughs> which is often marketing or other mm-hmm. things that you can stop immediately so those are all your costs mm-hmm. and most of those are seen because they go through your bank account so yeah. you're pretty much aware of what they are yeah um 
income. You know, your income, you, you've, you've got your sales. Sure. By by profit, do you mean the, the difference between those two things? Yes, and also just being able to take some money for yourself. Yeah, that, you because know? often people aren't paying themselves. Uh, yeah, know, it was... Or they'll pay themselves yeah. what your accountant says, pay yourself the minimum so don't, don't pay tax, which well, at the moment's about £700 pounds seven, a month. <laughs> I can't live on £700 pounds a month. My wine bill is £700 pounds a month. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, back joking. then I wasn't <laughs> joking, but but you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, and it, that's that opportunity cost where I'm saying you could be absolutely. earning a thirty grand salary, but actually at the moment you're earning seven hundred pounds a month, if, right? If you're even taking any money out at all, it's basically that gap that you explained. One hundred percent, it's that. But that isn't then profit, is it? So what you're seeing mm. when you you get out actually isn't profit because your salary's not in there. No. No, and, so, and, and it so, becomes unsustainable. So it becomes it? unsustainable, exactly. Yeah, so that's why when you actually look at it from the outset, what is it? It's not, okay, what is it actually that you're doing? Because mm. at the end of the day, if it is about a mission and you feel like you are, you know, somehow implementing that mission to get close to the final aim, that's fine. But in the meantime, what about me? Mm. No? And so I think that's what happened because we weren't getting much of a return for ourselves. Well, well, mm. with all due respect, yeah. your, your costs are not actually what the costs are. But, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're not transparent costs because you haven't got mm. your salaries in there. So yeah. those are not the real costs, are right, they? Right, right, right. And if you're looking at a profit and actually you were to add your salaries in, you're probably making a loss. I think yeah. it comes down to what you personally want out of it yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, people yeah, yeah, are in yeah. different circumstances. Absolutely. Some, some people can survive with no profit personally for five years because they've already made some money yeah, yeah which is what i'm saying to you if you're going to start a business and you're rich and that sort of lifestyle good for yeah. you but if you do want to make money and live off it that's a totally different ball game isn't it matt well i started my first one at 18 as well yeah um and at 18 you can get away with not earning a lot of money yeah so there are you know there's that way you know Mom, family you don't have a mortgage yeah. you don't know yeah. what you know, sort of stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> So there's that sort of, there's that trade up, you know, mm. some people when they're 35, they might be on 65, 70 grand a year. Yeah, and you've got they've also a couple got two of kids, kids and to got more private school. And you, you know, it's, you a know massive, you, it's a massive decision to make. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're paying for your car once a month and, and you've got you've got to replace that, that exactly. income, yeah. Um, so, so I think what I was trying to establish is that sometimes actually what the costs are are not are t- are the not, true costs, yeah, absolutely. you know, because yeah. be, because you're, in a way you're subsidising it by not paying yourself. Exactly. Um, so after that three or four years, how did you then dismantle it? Because that's a pretty hard and horrible decision. Uh, how do I say it in a nutshell? I mean, I mean, it was... It you was, can't sell it because it's not profitable. No. Um, so we basically, what we had to do was, you know, we had a lot of stock left over. Um, so what we had to do was we, we had a few stockists that were storing our clothes, um, in London, uh, and a lot, and a lot of online stockists. So we basically just try to ramp up the stock with them and just be like, if you can get, you know, not get rid of this, if you can sell this for us then that'd be great. But actually we were left with a lot left over. To so what you were honest. trying to do is liquidate the, 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 the yeah, asset, we were trying to the liquid- assets that yeah. you could. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And also we tried to look at other ways of reusing the stock that we had. So whether we could... Um, actually recycle it or um, you know give it to smaller studios to reuse the material because you can you know unthread the t-shirt in a sense Um, so we tried to do uh, multiple things and I actually kept some because I think it's you know memories (laughs) in my room (laughs) remind you how to do it properly (laughs) yeah Yeah, don't do that again Mm. Um, yeah so little by little we just decided to just yeah yeah lessen everything yeah, yeah, and and then what did you do? Did you just literally shut the company down? I presume yeah. you couldn't sell it. You just you we shut up the shut company, company down. down. Yeah. Okay, and and that's a that's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? And and to take well, on the chin. 
Yeah, because I like I like I'm a, I'm a, I've got a bit of an issue with pride. I think I've got a bit. We all have the British yeah. thing, but, but we yeah, all have because I, actually it feels you know socially it's yeah. then quite hard. To, everybody's going, oh, how's the business going? Yeah. Well, actually, I'd shut it down. Yeah, you know? I mean that that that's not, doesn't feel that comfortable, does it? In, no, in a conversation. it's not because you feel like not only did you let yourself down, you let like your customer base yeah, down. Sure. You let an audience after three four years of following you and yeah. like doing all these exciting things together and them really being on the journey with you and you basically let the mission down that's yeah. that's what it was yeah. other than you being upset about you know or you know what your achievements are and so on but it was mainly that as well yeah. that was a big thing yeah so matt we're gonna we're talk we're gonna talk about you create later mm-hmm. um it's easy uh to shut down a company when you've got some assets and you've got some stock because at least you can try and get some money for it but if you if you are creating um let's say some some i don't know some algorithms or software or something like that mm-hmm. that then becomes quite difficult because what, what have you got to you know, when you're liquidating it, what value have you got to sell? I always say it to people, it's it's what you can get for it. Right. You know, so yeah. if you can tell a story or spin a story that it's worth something, then you can and get that. prepared to pay it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But I, I was in a similar situation. I had a an online retail business, mm. um, which I grew from when I was 19 to 25 to, you know, several million pound in turnover. Mm. And then Amazon came along and disrupted all of that. And we were in a position where, you know, we made a decision, right, we need to just sell as quickly as possible and we managed to sell it for something but is that because you 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 were very very pragmatic and realistic and yeah. going we can't take these guys on this yeah. th- when we can't do anything different that's gonna yeah it's gonna even dent them yeah I was and very, therefore let's accept it i was very keen to get into the tech side of things anyway yeah and the margins were you know similar to fashion but even worse than fashion so you know, margins yeah. but what sort of margin are you talking about in terms oh, of percentage like 10 like percent yeah you know, a fashion often you'd work on say 70 percent gross or something like that i mean mm. it was often sometimes 10 15 percent gross in what we were doing and it was and, just and the problem is when you've got a small margin like that is as soon as you hit a blip you've got you've you, well, there's, nothing, mean, there's you nothing to a, play you a, with you have a february you know one february where you don't sell what you think you're going to sell in january yeah. you've got your your suppliers to pay uh you know and you've either got to pay them or or mm. not pay them so it's a, it's a very stressful business to run Any, anything where you hold stock yeah. is is very yeah. stressful i remember one one christmas eve we had i think it was like like seventy-eight thousand pounds worth of orders were out to be delivered, and mm. it was snowing, oh, and like no one could deliver anything. And all the customers were like, "Well, if it doesn't arrive, we're going to cancel, we're, we're, yeah. we're yeah. cancel the order." Yeah. And if you do an internet business, all the powers mm. with the with the customer as well. I've got seven-day cooling off period and all that sort of stuff. So I was very keen to get out of retail. Yeah, I'd say. So, so, so Marion, if we take mm. that, you, you, you've had this experience, yeah. you, you know, which is great experience because one of the one things that you will say and any of us who's failed in business will say, if I'm going to do it again, I definitely know what I'm going to do this time. Sure. Um, and, and that actually is helpful, isn't it? Yeah, as absolutely. As long as you haven't completely, you know. <laughs> well, I forgot everything. <laughs> no, no, as long as you haven't completely, completely haven't run out of money, you're, you know, completely destitute. Yeah, but, it would make the same um, mistakes. Being eaten by Alsatians because you can't feed yourself. <laughs> um, so, so, but it is an incredibly uh, useful thing to learn. Mm. Um, and, and if you were starting up again. Sure. Let's say you were starting that same business again. Yeah. What would you do differently? Um, I think the number one thing that I got from it was to uh, know my numbers better. Mm. Um, I was like, 
you know, not neglecting the numbers, but I was like, oh, just give us the accountant. Like, you know, like, why can't the accountant just, you know, give me a brief after whatever and then just tell me what I need to do in a sense. And so not actually digesting the numbers and starting to get some insight from the numbers was like my biggest mistake. So so in <clears throat> essence, uh, what most people use uh, an accountant for is to audit. Yeah. By which I mean making sure you comply. Yes. With company's house, yeah, HRC, yeah, all that. blah, 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 exactly. all that. Most accountants don't actually give you advice. And no. I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. I reckon they give good advice, heap advice, don't they? <laughs> well. In my experience. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I, I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> I think I tend to agree with you. Um, but I think it depends what accountant, you know, what, what your what relationship you with your accountant yeah. in the first place. So so mm. if you want an accountant who's going to give you advice and, yeah. and, and help you interpret the figures, you have to go and find one who does that. Yeah, I mean, the accountant can help you with, you know, how to minimise tax, how to do all that sort of yeah. stuff. But in terms of your cash flow, sorry, in terms of, your, you know, your cash flow, um, that has to come from the, the founding yeah. CEO. That's, that's, that's yeah. your single most yeah. important job is to sell and to look after your cash flow. So one of the big lessons you're saying is make sure you understand not the numbers, but what the numbers mean. mean. Exactly. So so instead of just, just saying, oh, that's great, I've got sales here, you can yeah. say, oh, actually, I seem to have sales from this, but I don't seem to have sales from exactly. that. Yeah. So why am I spending all my money on that exactly. when that seems to give me a yeah. return? And that's the sort of thing you've got to delve into. Absolutely, because I think that basically gives you way more uh, better decision-making skills. Uh, you can start seeing downfalls and, you know, um, you know the well you might say i've done i'm yeah. doing some facebook advertising but i'm not getting any return on it but actually twitter's doing this and da, 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 and therefore you know where to put your well, effort that was kind of on on me anyway because of my background in marketing and my mm. understanding of marketing so i kind of separated the two very you know they i separated them out in a sense in terms of the marketing channels that was like okay distribution on this channel was better so let's focus on that yeah yeah that was fine so that came naturally of, to you anyway yeah because yeah. i kind of understood it and kind mm. of took a lead on that part and took a lead on really much the sales of it and the kind of relationships with shops and stockists and so on. So that was, um, in a sense, my forte, if you want to call it. But because my co-founder, he was very good at the numbers, I kind of just relied on him. Yeah. But my position was like, you know, director position to make sure that everything is going fine. And like, you know, it was like my gig. And so why didn't I not do that? Why so, not so what you're saying is, um, and I think what we find yeah. a lot with um, is, is business owners is, is uh, I think you were talking about this last week, Lucy, is that somebody's really good at their technical thing. Mm. So, so they're great at I yeah. don't know, making cakes or they're great at al- algorithms. Yeah. And that's what they're Exactly. The they're not great at, at the numbers. They're not great at all of the other things that you have to say. Mm. And, and so being what I would call technically good, yeah. it's, it's not enough to run a business, is it? No. Not at all. And actually, you see that quite a lot in different traits of the types of people that we see um, that come and, like, you know, explain their story to us. There's a lot of this, like, hard skills versus soft skills. And so you start seeing a trend in terms of a comparison for failure. So should you be just a developer? Are you then able to go out and sell that? Mm. Um, There's a lot of that, that correlations that keep coming up. So as a CEO, in a sense, you should probably know every single detail of your business, especially at the very start, especially if there's like two, three of you. Yeah. You know, so um, I would say it's that. And the second thing I would say that I learned quite a lot is about, um, I guess my trust in people got less. It was weird. I just started it's not, not weird. trusting I'm everyone. Not, it's terrible. <laughs> I was like, really. everyone's out to get me. Not that we 
weren't getting along but it was just like so so why why did you think that well what, what, you know what happened oh here we go no so what it was was that <laughs> it's all coming out now um it's what my, it, it's th- my job <laughs> nice what i think what started to happen was that near near the very end we it was quite obvious that um people were in it for different reasons right Right. So obviously it is about making money and, you know, you kind of want to, you know, be successful at, at the end of it. But those it got to a point where the vision was not important anymore and it was just about where's my money. Um, and so I think also from that and also going towards investors and having conversation with investors, there was just a lot of kind of, I don't know, wasted time when they actually made it sound like they were really interested in you. But actually, further down the line, you couldn't really rely on them. You couldn't really, you couldn't really trust them. And so my kind of, you know, not that I send out NDAs to everyone now. Maybe I should do that. I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That'd be really weird. And we do that a lot. Of, um, but it has made me more aware of the people around me. Yeah. And who I bring in. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and um, Matt, did you, you know, are you less trusting now? You're a bit more experienced in business? Um, I would say... Maybe yeah, more you become careful more careful. Might be a better word. Maybe yeah. sometimes when you're younger, you're a little bit naive. You believe what people say all the time, mm. um, and as you become more experienced, you might necessarily question people a bit more. You yeah, know, especially when you're starting off and you're, you're 19 or whatever, you know, and you're dealing with people who are 35, 40, and you just think, oh, they've got all the answers. They know mm. what they're doing, and I think, but I, they I, don't. Well, I do think there are lots of people who are out there who are experienced in business who know that when you're 19 or 20 or mm. 22 mm. or 23, you don't know what they're doing. And yeah. actually, you are absolutely ripe for being exploited. Yeah. And and I do think and that um, investors, for example, mm. uh, know, do know what they're doing often. Yep. They will talk to lots of people, you know, who, who are starting new businesses and they will work out which ones of them are going to give them a return. I think, I think a good talking, investor... They'll be good, talking to 20 people at yeah. a time, you A know? good investor yeah. will make sure it's a good deal for the founder as well, otherwise they're not going to get their money back. Yeah, they 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 need, they they need to believe in the person, I think, and then the best mm. investors back the right person mm-hmm. as well as the Absolutely. right company uh, because they have faith in them. Um, so has your has your so your faith hasn't been restored, or, or do you just think you just need to <laughs> double check things this time and not just take so much I, yeah, for I granted? Think exactly, and I think it's more like processes in place and mm. actually more systemizing things and writing things down. And don't agree to verbal contracts. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, uh, yeah don't do like that, to guys. I still like that if I can. Um, you try yeah, to. of course. Like, but then you know, get it written up after. I think, yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, you, you just... You're not saying that, you know, everyone's evil and everyone's out to get you. But like even in your founding team, it is good to kind of put these things in place. It might seem like you're being pushy. But I think if you get that done from the very start and they're actually comfortable with it and they're working with you on it, that's a really good relationship to have. I totally but, agree with that as yeah. well because, you know, you need to set you need to set the sort of the barrier early yeah. and make it very clear because you don't know what you've got until one year, two exactly. years later and then suddenly people are going, oh, but you promised but me you 5% promised me, exactly. or you promised me 10% or whatever. It's your word the, against theirs, right? Yeah. yeah, and I think the other thing is as well is, is that you might think you mean something exactly. and then mm. somebody else might have misinterpreted it as yeah. something else sure. quite genuinely yeah so i would advise anybody who's starting a business yeah. the first port of, well two first ports of call that you should go <laughs> first go and see an accountant who can actually help you and give you a bit of advice mm-hmm. and go and see them quarterly and say can you help me interpret get my figures agreement done. if yeah. you haven't got that mm-hmm. you know internally second go and see a lawyer yep. you yes. need a shareholder's agreement. agreement if you're working between you you need some sort of partnership agreement and you definitely need some sort of payment agreement so when people do employ you you 
you've got your terms and conditions absolutely there. yeah and, and you, you shouldn't even start until you've got those because yeah. you will mm. regret it yeah and please don't think you're never going to argue with somebody that's your best mate yep. two years down the line when you're both skinned and you're really struggling mm. because because you know things are going to get yeah. a little bit fractious aren't they i yeah. think one of the biggest lessons i learned was getting an hr company involved so we use mm. um, a company called peninsula uh, and they like yeah they're quite you. big actually yeah huge yeah, they're good, yeah. you know in a previous business i got burnt terribly by an employee because you know he did something really bad and we didn't dismiss him in the correct way and we ended up you know uh, doing badly out of it so i think people don't realize how important if you employ that one person yeah. mm. make sure you're covered and make sure you do things properly because mm -hmm. it will it will bite you in the end you're putting everybody off starting any type of business <laughs> yeah. no i would advise everyone to start <laughs> everyone the time is now the time is easier than ever to start okay so we spent the first half of the program telling everybody how good we are at failing um we're gonna have a little break and and then uh, it'll be great for you to actually explain how you sure. should do it and and why this is the right yeah. time so we're back Absolutely. in a couple of minutes cool. you've joined us at a very good time oh yeah Yes, our savvy software development guys have just qualified for a chunky government cash payout thanks to our new friends from Breakthrough Funding. Yeah, sorry, that just slipped out. Government handout? No, not a handout, but recognition for our clever thinking. Now it'll be down to you to help us kick it further forward. Leave it to me. Your company could qualify for Innovation Cash too. Find out online now by answering just six qualifying questions at BreakthroughFunding.com. Yeah! <laughs> So we're back on the tech talk show, feeling a little bit depressed. No, not really. Yeah. Um, so, so it's been it's been really interesting. We're talking to uh, Mariam and Matt, uh, and, and Mariam uh, has, has set up Autopsy. Um, we've been talking about the difficulty of, of a startup, and obviously we've all been through a failure. I think mm. most most people have tried something that hasn't failed. Sure. But we're st we're still here, we're still and we're trying it. again. Yeah. Uh, and you can learn so much, I think, from failure. Um, tell us about autopsy. So, so you've been through this experience, and then you've uh, you've you know created this. Mm -hmm. what, what is it, and, and why did you create it? So yeah, so um, it came from the failure. It was an idea that basically came to me after the you know closing down the. the previous company and um i was just basically done with the whole uh I, don't, I won't call it fake news but it was just like the you know dishonest way of talking about entrepreneurship which i mentioned earlier so i was like why not so this 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 yeah. this, this this i don't know what would you call <laughs> what it what would you call it this fallacy that, that yes. somehow it's it's you know everybody you know it's easy well, uh, and yeah. the problem with successful people is they make success look easy when it isn't necessarily right so. exactly but the, the sort of myth that, that, that entrepreneurship is the new rock star in a way exactly and also because i think due to social media as well there's a lot of this kind of like you know indulgence in this video content and like you know are the articles that talk about you know having a tech company is so this and like it just makes it look really flashy and so obviously young people and desirable and desirable yeah mm. so you obviously get really you know you want to you want to feel it <laughs> you want to be a part of it so I was like, okay, why not, you know, why why does why isn't there a, a website um, where we can just basically talk about our failure? Mm. You know, gather information from previous failed startups and just put it on onto a website and see what happens. <clears throat> Genuinely, it was just like a joke. 
Really? Never thought it was going to become huge. Oh. It was like, oh yeah, whatever. Which so I basically just started like, you know, Googling failed startups and like saw actually there was people like writing on Medium posts and so on about their previous startup. And so I was like, can I just put your story on a Google Sheets? Which actually the website is still a Google Sheets. We, you know, we're changing that. Anyway. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to publish this. And we went live with it. And um, somehow it caught on on uh, Twitter and it just bounced on uh, Product Hunt and Hacker News. And so um, Mark Andreessen, who's like a god in tech, I, I assume, he, you know, he tweeted it and then that it went, it went viral. It just went crazy. And and these are people's stories. So so yes. you, so I know you've got a bit of data on there as well. Yeah. But 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 these are people's stories. And stories. The, and the thing with stories is mm. they're real and 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 they bring things to life as yeah. opposed to to, to bare stats. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. Because basically, what what I really wanted to do was humanize it. Mm. Um, I, I I've dropped in you know data more recently because we're kind of past that stage of yeah. human aspect of it now. We're evolving the brand in a sense, but it's very it's a very human aspect. So it's very much like you know, opening up and, and being completely honest about, oh, I'm sorry, I messed up. And this is the reason why I messed up. And so majority of the people that write their stories and explain their reason for failure, uh, they they are predominantly the CEOs of those companies or founders of those companies. And they just, they're just honest about I, what happens. And I think um, most, I know we've just been talking about people that, you know, you feel you can't be as trustworthy as you used to be. Mm -hmm. But but actually a huge proportion of people want to help other people who are in yes. the same position, don't oh, they, yeah. actually? I think that's what it was. I think other than other than the honest approach to startup creation and having a company, it was also about how much it I think people were in need for something like this at that time. I think it came out the it came at a really relevant time and everyone just basically just communicated with each other. Um, they just wanted to hear about other people's stories in their industry and everyone was just really interested to find out what happened. And so, yeah, it was a it's a community in a sense. And, and not sanitized or whatever. It, the, the, you know, people submitted these stories and, and presumably you just probably use them yeah. almost as they were. Yes, exactly. So actually the, the, the requirement for autopsy when it first started um, is slightly going to change for the new site. But for the current website, it was... Um, it's basically the submission process is do you have a story written somewhere about your failure online and so we got um you know links to uh, blog posts that they wrote written themselves um or actually um if there were bigger companies that were recognized uh they were from like business insider articles that actually did their own kind of version of an autopsy mm. on that company yeah so the requirement was having a story do you have a story to add mm. yeah incredibly useful uh, website um so if anybody wants to learn from all the mistakes that we've made and thinking going into business personally i wouldn't even go into business unless you've gone on there do you not yeah um you're no, absolutely right just actually see what other people are saying yeah you know learn from that. Learn from that. I'm yeah not, i'm yeah. absolutely not saying don't set up a business and and, and matt in particular is going to say you need to but before you do mm, mm you know, really check things out first and, um, and, and have a look at what other people are saying. Yeah, from from the, so, because we have we have the benefit of having over 10,000 people or 10,000 subscribers on our radar. So we, we have the ability to go out and talk to them. And so um, one of the recent newsletters that I sent out was about where, at what stage in your journey do you use autopsy? And the two major things that came up were, uh, I'm just about to start one. I'm thinking about starting one. I have an idea. So in the ideation stage, in a sense, they go and look at previous mistakes or those ones that are in the um, scaling and the growth stage. 
Um, so actually, a few a few mistakes are due to poor marketing, bad pricing. Yeah. And so they they could potentially have a look at that and see preventative strategies, which is actually something that we are trying to delve into. How can we prevent preventative strategies for those that are within the scalability side mm. and in the ideation stage? Yeah. So those are two main personas, I would say, that mm. come onto the site. So it's um, it's autopsy.io. Yeah. Because yeah. you're cool and trendy and <laughs> cool and trendy companies have .io after them. We're actually moving to startupautopsy.com because okay. I thought .com was cooler. Yeah. Isn't that better? Now, Matt, you you actually are an entrepreneur. And, and I don't really sure. like the word. but I yeah. don't like the word actually no. much either. No. What would you call yourself then? Business person. You're a business person. <laughs> um, and, I don't like um, entre- people call themselves entrepreneurs and they've got like a business card that... Yeah, they've just got a normal job. <laughs> well, they change it every month. Yeah, and they're just like, you know, How many CEO. domains have you bought in yeah, the past month? Yeah, bought, they buy a domain for themselves as CEO. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Um, now, you've created, um, you create, yep. uh, from your bedroom in London. It was in from my bedroom, yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm trying not to sound awful here, uh, but you actually really do know what you're doing because you've run loads of businesses before. So, so although I'm saying you started in your bedroom, you actually did that on purpose, presumably because your costs are low and then you really had a sort of plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said, I had the music business when I was 19, um, got out of that when I was about 25. I had a restaurant in between, randomly. Of course you did. Which was... A, Didn't make any money there. How hard of, is that industry? You know, just don't do it. Really if you hard. really want a small profit. Yeah, unless you've got loads of money thing. and you yeah. want to you know, have your table that you go to every time, then do it. But mm. otherwise, no. Mm. Um, and was part of a few startups. Uh, and then my business partner. So, so basically, the story was um, the third web development agency I used to build my online retail business was in India. It went very badly wrong. Um, but there was a person within that company who said, look, I'm going on my own. You know, would you, would you, would you be my first customer? So I said, yeah, packed him. We had a fantastic few years, built some amazing tech together. So when the time came that I wanted to get into tech, it, it made sense to do it together. So he's based in India. Um, so, you know, that was absolutely vital. So it made mm. sense, as you say, to keep the keep the costs down in London, do it from my bedroom to start with. And, you know, the plan really was to, to really do that for the first year. But within the first few months, we needed an office and we were growing very quickly. So it sort of but expanded isn't, a lot isn't that a better way around, though, Matt? Um, I, I know we're generalising because you, you, you can't always, you know, prescribe this. But isn't it a better way around to keep your costs really low at the 100%, beginning? 100%. Try and establish whether there is a market a for, it. for it. Then, then you start to get some clients. Then you go, oh my god, yeah. we've got. Oh, right, now is the time. So we'll, we'll move to. So we built we built twenty startups over the last two and a half years, and I would say the, the you know one of the biggest running themes, and I hope my founders don't hate me for this, but it's it's founder ego. You know, it mm. is it is just yeah. my idea is the best idea in the world. I refuse to believe what the market says i'm going to go ahead and do my idea no matter what it is the founder syndrome right? founder syndrome yeah. right and and what we're trying to what we're trying to do is to get people to come to us with a problem they're trying to solve rather than a fully fledged app you know they come mm. to us so this is the, you know when we first started out we took a lot of lead from our founders and mm. built exactly what they told us to build um and that just ended up you know quite obviously sort of going down the angle of well it was just their vision yeah. Yeah. now it's all based on data you know it's all based on on live customers actually what the market wants rather than what mm. the founder wants yeah. so you see i think you, you you've got to be passionate about your business mm. you know, and, and clearly you you both are but that is very different from being dispassionate about making business decisions 
you have to be really hard, don't you? you have You've to be got hard, to yeah. look yeah, yeah. at it and go. Oh, try, and take, this, try and take emotion out of it. This is what the figures are telling me. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is what my customers want. I know I want to do that over there, but but it, that's not what, what that's yeah. not what's coming out. This and is so what we've had must, to say to founders a few, you a few must, times. You must sort of uncouple, if you yeah. like, yeah. your passion for what you're doing for the business. You yeah. know, in and I think economy. you touched on it before, and I think it's great <coughs> to have a, a higher purpose and save the world. And I yeah. think you can't do that unless you make some money. Yeah, you exactly. know, so you know it's well. I think you can if you've got funders and all that, and of course, you've got a of course, you can grant you can build a non a non profit. But my problem with that is that it's not sustainable, mm. and it means that you keep having to look for funding every time. Exactly. Um, and and um, you know, t- something like Tom's shoes, for example, that's a yeah. good, really good example of how yeah. you can you can build capitalism. You know, with yeah, you know, with charity at the same time, and, and both sides can win. Yeah, mm. and 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 um, I, I believe it's called profit for purpose. But if you're using profits to, to then you know, help achieve social yeah. impact. Um, that's much more sustainable because I haven't got to go and find a funder. Yeah. Yeah. My profits are making, I've got yeah, I mean, a model that allows me that. The, and then I can fund those, the biggest those really nice give, social things mm-hmm. that the, I want to the do. The biggest advice we give to our founders is you need to have a revenue model from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, in, we're not in America. America, it doesn't matter. Build your user base to, to whatever you want, then work out how to make money from it. You know, it's not just in tech. See, I, but I don't get that, Matt. I don't get it because I think you're, I think you're chancing it. How do you know? How do you know? Like you said, you, there'll be a, a disruptive model come along, and then you're stuffed because. Well, if, you, if, you oh, build, yeah. if you're building a SaaS product, if you're building a SaaS product, any or, money for three years? Oh mm. yeah, well don't worry, we'll find a way. Yeah. I just no, I no, I agree. That. That's what I'm it's saying. Madness. Don't don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> don't. I'm 100 percent. If you agree don't know you. how to monetize it, I don't think you should start. That, that, I 100 yeah. agree. 100% and, and it may agree. be that the monetization doesn't come for 18 months, but that's your plan. But you still need you to know what the plan is. Have an idea of how how you can do it. So we pretty much only have you know a couple of types of founder that we'll bring on mm. we want to work with people that we actually enjoy working with and you know we want them to have a business head on them so mm. we're not interested in in you know building a business that might have 25 million users in two years time but they've got no idea how they're going to get to it mm. we'd much rather work with someone that you know has got there's a problem there there's a problem that needs to be solved and they can monetize it from from you know from pretty much day one so, so what are you seeing then? Um, and, and obviously, um, you know, just to sort of make it clear, what what you do is is you create um, transform ideas yep. that people have got into booming tech companies. I mean, that's what you do. So, yeah, so, so you're, we, and you're quite selective about that. So we're predominantly focused around people that can't code. So accelerators, incubators, they're very focused on. You know, you've got to come with your 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 co-founding team. You need a you need a coder. You know, you need a CTO. And what we're finding, there's a lot of really experienced business people mm. or people with great domain knowledge who actually don't know a CTO, you know, and they're, they're going around coffee shops, meetups, trying to forge some kind of relationship with a Picking CTO. somebody off the street. They're literally picking someone off <laughs> the street, you know, and we've, Two of our found two of our founders went through exactly the same, you know, exactly that process, and Literally hated on the street. it. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> no, um, no. coffee shops mainly. <laughs> you know, I imagine on the street as well, but you know, and, they, and it's just not enjoyable. So I, I think that there's been a lot of, um, you know, a lot of effort put into these accelerators and into these incubators, but not enough into these people that are potentially either solo founders mm-hmm. or they can't code and there's always buzzwords and everyone seems to try and make it a lot more complicated than it needs mm-hmm. to be and it's like you know scaring people with all of this terminology and it's at the end of the day it's a business yeah. you know and if you've got a business head and you've been successful in making in, in business before then you can apply that business model and you can wrap the tech around it yeah and and uh, so so you've seen a lot of companies have come to you yeah. and I, I imagine you've turned down a lot of companies what what's the sort of biggest mistake that you're saying that you, you, you're turning people away and, and, and actually I best 
You're probably tearing your hair out and going, oh, not another one. Um, I mean, the, 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 the single biggest reason we'll turn someone away is if in the initial meeting we just don't get the connection. And what, we, you don't like them? Basically, we don't, basically <laughs> we don't like them. Not wearing the right Well, we do, we're not, you, know, we're, you know, we're doing this to try and have fun as well. So, you know, we, there needs to be some kind of spark. Mm. Um, so we're trying to build a relationship. Uh, then I'd say the biggest mistake that's made after that is if they're just not willing to pivot or listen to what the market's saying. Um, but we've tweaked our model to create these programs that are basically mm. saying, look, you need to get on board with our way of working, you know, and if you want to build a successful startup, you need to listen to what the market's saying, not just, just what your preconceived conceptions yeah. are, because they're, they're often not right. So, so we've touched on that already, haven't we? Yeah. What about sales and actually getting, you know, the figures and, and, and the money through the door? So obviously, sometimes you can be online, it's a retail model, yeah. you know, and others, uh, well, I guess actually, probably apps and all that is a, is a real retail model, actually, because yeah. you're trying to get downloads. Um, how are people approaching that? Is that generally a weakness as well? Yeah, it's a massive weakness. It's I think it's often an afterthought. We're, we're trying to build it into our um, initial program as well. So where's the growth traction going to come from? Often, you know, you build something. This whole you know method of build and they will come just doesn't exist anymore. You know, that has well, it's hilarious. I mean, how many yeah. apps are on App Store, for oh, example? Exactly. Exactly. You know, how many online shops mm. are there? Yeah. You know, whatever. Exactly. And, uh, it's, and it, how you are you going to be found? How are you going to be found? And, and why you are you different? Got to think about that from day one. Mm. And, and I think it's, an, it's it's another massive cliche as well. But you know, the CEO is the first salesperson. You know, so yeah. they they need to be able to sell. If they can't sell, you can't expect mm. anyone else to be able to sell what you're you know what you're doing. Mm. I mean, Lucy, you're a little bit of an expert on sales, I think. Um, it is about you getting out there as well, isn't it? Particularly yeah. if it's business to business. Mm. Definitely, and it's people buy from people as well, so mm. they have to. Yeah. They have to be able to associate that person and, and like them mm. as well. So. And what about the networking thing? Yeah, no, I think it's it's not direct business. So you can't go to a networking event and think, right, I'm going to come back with five clients. No. I mean, yeah. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't that? Yeah. If, you, if you could. Mm. But it's about getting out there and about building those relation, uh, relationships. With, making connections. Yeah, with yeah. those people. So, But it takes time, though. You can't... Yeah. It, and you've got to stick with it, I think, because... What happens is, you know, you don't seem to get anything out of it, and then you go to some others, and then somebody contacts you that did that, and you literally it's just, just like just a net, one. it's yeah. just like a network, and the more mm. you do, the bigger your network gets, and you just have to crack on and exactly. keep going. I had an email from um, like from a new potential client uh, last week, and he said, "Oh, uh, so and so is just partial details on. Um, can we have a chat?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, definitely." thinking where did I meet him I know the name and it was from about four months ago yeah yeah and yeah. I've heard nothing we're connected on LinkedIn mm. and that was yeah. it mm. so there's no sort of me trying to bit it just shows that but you have, you have to, to just get out there don't you and, yeah um, and, and, and do, pass it. yeah and do you think Matt that the CEO you, you're saying that's the CEO's job do, do you think it's because they're the head of the company and, and they're, they're almost like a figurehead as well. They're, so so they're people are expecting it's, it's, to it, see them. If you can't sell it, then no one else can, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I could have never started Ucreate without the network that I built up over the previous 10 years. Yeah. 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 Like, there's no way. I guess it's the same for yeah, you. Yeah, I was no literally way. about to say something there's, very similar. There's, there's, there's no yeah. way people would have bought into what I was trying to do unless yeah. I've been doing that for 10 years. You know, whether it's my investment circle who are investing into the startups mm. that we're working with, whether it's people choosing us to actually build their startups through us, you know, our first, our first actual startup is a guy that sits on our board you know mm. who i've been working with for 10 years before so he, he was yeah. our first customer so without that we wouldn't exist yeah and and um, um i've got some um, stats here uh, that in essence uh 
23, sorry, 42% of startups fail because there's no market for yeah. it. This is the single biggest thing we're and trying to solve. Do you think solve. that you should, should you go and do market research in the first instance before you, you, you really, you 100%. know, put everything in? Yeah, I mean, like we've, this is exactly what our program does, but you right. know, you, you can do a lot of it. You, you can do a lot of it yourself. Yeah, I'm not saying you, I'm not suggesting you get you pay some market research yeah. company, but, no, yeah. but no. D- oh, 100%. Is it, is it true that people aren't doing I, any market I think research? people are so blinded sometimes they often won't. You know, there's there's a stat where it's something like you know unless there's a there's a there's a, a market of four thousand, it's not technically you know accurate. So a lot mm. of people are saying, well, if 50 people say actually it's not a great idea, I still think it is a great idea. Yeah, I think also what it is as well. I don't think they necessarily a bunch of people or like a majority of people know particularly the steps to take no. to do market research no. that's where the i think the issue lies we don't know the questions and to ask i don't know what, what to of, ask yeah they often know they ask exactly. questions as well that are leading to make people say what they want, what them, they to want say. them to say and so like also like customer validation interviews yeah. and like picking the right if you think x is your target audience go and yeah. find you know the y as well and yeah. see where where it resonates and this this is what our entire business yeah. model is built around it's it's, yeah. it's validation it's actually look, do you actually have a do you actually have a uh, you know something there yeah. in your business that's mm. worth going and spending money building mm. or not and i'm also um because i'm in marketing myself i'm also much more interested in why somebody didn't buy what you have as opposed yeah. to why they mm. did so if you have got people who, who've come and had a really good look at what you're doing they go oh, actually i'm not going to buy that well i really want to know why, <laughs> why? Yeah. you know you, so if somebody's bought it well they've bought it that's fine i don't really probably need to change anything but mm. what i'm really interested in is why people don't mm. mm-hmm. and, and i think you can learn huge well, that's amounts why because of feedback's that. so important yeah. and the whole absolutely lean startup yeah. way of building startups these days is just the way forward 100 percent. but even at the very lowest level you could just go out on the street literally and and stop a few people yeah. and yeah. say you, you, you find you, can you, you find a lot of founders just don't you... want to do it why i don't know are they frightened are they frightened of what people are going to say because if they or... are that's that's a bit of a worry really. yeah i mean it suits us to be honest with you because we get experience with people because mm. we do it for them we charge them <laughs> and you know we both we both do very well out of it so it suits us um, the other stats we've got here is that 23% uh, of startups are unsuccessful because they don't have the right people on the board. What What is a board in, in your view, Matt? You can have two things. You can have a, a board of directors or a board of advisors. Yeah. So it depends whether, you know, they mean advisors. Or, I mean, so you're not talking about the management team who, who could be company directors. You're talking about a, a, board, a board of people who yeah, look at the I results think, and, and, and give advice. I think it's very important in the early days when you're trying to raise money off the back of a prototype or something like that. You know, we've got one at the moment that's just gone through our Flash program and they're raising a quarter of a million pounds off the back of the prototype that we've built with all the user focus, mm. uh, you have the focus groups around it. And he's got an amazing board of advisors. So when he's going out to his investment network, they're saying, oh, well, these guys are involved. You know, so they've obviously yeah. so what, so, validated so, that so there's something an, there. In essence, what they're saying is because they've got these good people involved, they wouldn't lend their name unless exactly. they've checked it all out. Exactly. Therefore, mm. that's good enough for me. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, a lot, of, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I didn't have that, you know, and mm. I think that's something that maybe we could all do better. We could try and help people to have sure. that sort of and, and level of advice. Would you have to pay those advisors or? Um, usually just with sweat equity or. Something yeah. Like that. Okay. So you give them some equity, so so yeah. some share in the company some in order for the them game. to. 
Yeah, I'm on, on an advisory board. I don't appear to be getting any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, I need to give them a You're ring. You're advising them not to? Just remind me that. Is it a written, <laughs> is it a written contract or is it verbal? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's written Handshake. in your case. <laughs> uh, no, it is. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to get on with that, don't I? Yeah. Take your own advice, After Nelson. <laughs> mm. um, and then the other thing, uh, stats that we've got from you, is it takes uh, it's 86 days, so that's nearly yep. three months on average to get to market. Mm-hmm. Do, do people realise that, Matt? I think, or do they build it in? Is what I think. I think it people don't realise how how long it takes to get an actual, you know, version one to market. Mm. Getting something to market after eighty six days is a minimum viable product. But in their head, a lot of these non tech founders think, you know, it's going to have all the bells and whistles. It's going to be like you know all these features. It's going to be amazing. What we try and do is we try and strip it down, um, you know, to its to its to its bare bones and just try and solve one problem. Because if you can solve that one problem, then you at least you've solved something. And then everything else can branch off of that rather than try and do everything from day one. And you end up not doing anything properly at all. And it ends up taking two years and you've still got no money. The amount of times we've seen people come to us and they've they've spent 18 months building a product and they're like, oh, I'm not ready to release it yet because it hasn't got this feature. And we're like, well, have you spoken to the market? Do they they need that feature? Do they even know about it? They're like, well, no, I haven't. It's just the same running theme over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you must be a very frustrated man. <laughs> um, so, so you create. Um, so you create is just the letter U. And yep. Create dot it. Yeah. You create it. Yeah, very clever. That's, right? that's uh, very clever. That. I don't think I'd want an Italian. Uh, you are. It, it was. But anyway, it was. It was just a bit of a coincidence. Yeah. Um, I I once bought a long time ago sod. So double D Sod dot it, it. yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know where that's going now. <laughs> um, so, so you've you, you've got you create and and you're helping to transform um, ideas into booming tech mm-hmm. companies. People can come to you. You've got a sort of agile startup program. Mm-hmm. So, so how how does it work? Do, do, do people just um, you know find out about you and then then sort of contact you and you yeah, go, come, oh, we'll have a look. When, yeah, they come in. Or not. We do like a two-hour workshop, right? Uh, which basically sort of takes their idea out of their head. Yeah. Often they've been thinking about it for like two two years. And then at the end of that two, you know, at the end of that two hours, they've got, you know, some actual something, you know, yeah. some substance. And then off the back of that, we can say, look, this is how we'd tailor our flash program to actually solve the problems that you think you need solving. So, so you're really helping them from a technical sense. It's, it's a product, yeah. product and tech. I mean, I don't think, I don't think product gets spoken about enough. So, I don't so think people really, really even know what product yeah, is. These so you're days. really helping them with the product and the tech and all that sort of stuff. But, but. You're, you're probably also saying to them, you haven't got your finances sorted, you need an accountant, you know, but you don't, you, kind don't, of. you don't touch on that because no. there's loads of places where you can get well, that, well, but, but, but you're well, going to advise them, We you? want founders that have got either business domain experience yeah. or business experience. We don't want to hold their hands on how to do a cash flow forecast. You know, There's loads of places to go for that, of course. Number one, there's loads of places to go yeah. for that. And number two, we'd rather deal with people that already know how to do it. So, you know, a couple of our founders have already exited businesses before. Okay. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got experience in doing that. They just don't know how to necessarily launch a tech product. So so what you were saying before then is you've got experienced business people, but actually they don't they don't understand the tech wrapper, exactly. which, is what, you, which is what you help exactly, them with. Exactly, yeah. 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 Okay. Mm, very good. It sounds like you two need to get together, yeah. really. Yeah. We already actually said yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to have a chat. Yeah. 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 But because um, I think, um, again, for Startups, mm. if they can really see how other people have failed yeah. or whatever, you know that is that is very helpful. Yeah, there's just a running theme that you know. I looked mm. through your website before we started, and it's just you can, you just, can see right. There's just a the running trends. theme, and mm. I think the buck does always stop at the CEO. I think it's the most important thing mm-hmm. in any business. It's always the CEO's fault, and it has to be. And you always have to take responsibility for that. Oh dear, I'm a CEO. <laughs> well, we have to. I like to Can't blame, blame it on anyone else. I like right? to blame my staff, man. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that then. Okay. Uh, yeah, I must get some HR people. Um, so so um, you've got this you create and you've got these people coming to you. Now, you've got offices not just in London, but in, in other places. So so why, why why have you done that? How does that help with with this? So we've got, um, we've got 75 employees in Chandigarh in India. Mm. Um, so that allows us to obviously to build at a price point that our okay, startup's so, going to... so you'll actually build the tech for these clients? Yeah, yeah okay. so that's so that's the, the, the founder that I spoke about before yeah. who I've known for 11 years, so he's got yeah. equity in the business. I mean, actually, all of our staff have got equity in the business, so we take yeah. equity in everyone, that, everything that we deal with, and all the staff have got equity, so yeah. everyone's got skin in the game. Yeah. Um, and also in Poland, we've got an office in Krakow as well. Um, that's basically now our research and development centre into blockchain and nice. AI and stuff like that. Right. And in London, we have our marketing, sales, CTO and all the product, all yeah. the product managers. So, so your, your, your outfit in Poland, effectively what they're doing is they're looking at all the new technologies yeah. just to make sure that you're always up to speed, Absolutely. you know what the latest thing is. Yeah. And then they'll disseminate that learning Absolutely. out to developers yeah. and, and, and yeah, advisors and we've got, we've so got, that you're always exactly. up to date. And we've got some of our startups who are raising money at the moment yeah. and we're now wrapping a blockchain angle around it and AI around it and yeah. they're raising money at 20 million as opposed to 2 million. Yeah, just because yeah. of that. Uh, um, because they're very rounded, yeah. uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then these companies will maybe then go and, uh, I don't know, go and trade or mm-hmm. possibly, you know, exit or whatever. How, do you, how does your relationship with them sort of end? Or It just or, completely or? depends. So um, the first startup that we worked with, when you moved.com, they're now completely in-house. That we're fine with that. You know, yeah. we've got a percentage in it. They're, you know, they're, look, they're doing very well. Um, some of them we've been working with for two years. They're part in-house, part using us. Some are just completely using us. We really pride ourselves on the first six months. So really so, getting so, you up and running so in the best So essentially somebody way. will come to you and then as it progresses, you decide between you all how that yeah. is going to work because everybody's different. Every, yeah, everyone's different. Everyone can get different levels of funding. You know, for some people it suits for them to have it in-house. I mean, we've got mm. one that's just raised a substantial amount of money, but they're still using us for everything because he's just like, I don't want to hire any developers. I just want you guys to deal yeah, with it. I can just, understand that. Just, yeah. yeah. Just, it, you know, it just completely depends on the circumstances. Well, um, fascinating stuff. You won't believe that we've come to an end of an hour already. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? Um, <laughs> so that's Matt Johns, uh, you create, mm-hmm. you create.it. All that information is going to be on our website anyway, if you want to, if you want to connect and have a look. And if you, if you are experienced at business and, and it's, the, it's the sort of wraparound IT tech stuff that you're really struggling with, sounds like that's a really good option. Mm. Um, uh, and it feels like it's a very partnership thing as mm-hmm. opposed to just you know a subcontractor uh, relationship definitely. so um, definitely worth checking that out thank you very much for all your advice Matt and then Mariam uh, Masri um, I, I really appreciate you being so honest about your sure. failure because I think people need to know that don't yeah. they and, and it's not as, it's not as simple <laughs> yeah I suppose I can't, I can't, I can't not no I've got loads to tell you about I'll tell you what, I'll tell you when the microphone's off all of my failures um, but 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 essentially um, yeah. that's the essence of, of, of what you're offering at Autopsy mm-hmm. so that's autopsy.io um, is is that experience and understanding yeah so so that as many people as we can won't fall into those traps yes, if we can help exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so, so a great, uh, yeah, a, a great idea and a, and, and a great business. Um, so, thank you for joining us. Thank and you. again, thank all you. of that information uh, will be on the website. And uh, you've been listening to the Tech Talk Show, and we're now syndicated dozens of radio stations across the UK and further afield. You can also catch us on the podcast app on your phone through iTunes and Podbean, and of course our website, yeah. Tech Talk Show. .co.uk. I don't know how many uh, how, how many um, podcasts have we got on there now, Lucy. I don't know. Oh, 
a couple of hundred <laughs> probably. Yeah. So it's a really good database if you're trying to look look at things and and uh, try and search for new technologies or some of the amazing speakers we've had. Go on there, use the search function, um, and particularly if you want to recommend any future guests, particularly somebody's doing something groundbreaking in the tech tech sector, we'd love to feature them on the program. You can do this via Twitter on at Tech Talk Show UK. Thank you for joining me, Lucy. Thank you for having me. Uh, that's all right. Um, I've really found uh, that interesting Ooh. today and, and learned some stuff, so thank you very much. And I hope you all have a good week. Bye now. <laughs>